when you're thinking about um, ownership and um, what I have and what I am, the only thing I can ever acquire, the only thing which can be truly mine is, is wisdom. And we'll go a little bit deeper into that. In other words, Zakain is a nutrican for Zeshekana, the one that acquired. But the only thing we can ever acquire on an intrinsic level is, is Chochmah, wisdom, and we'll explain what Chochmah is. So when we speak about the notion of ownership, as opposed to the communist ideal, which obliterated personal ownership, which then literally led to the to, to, to destruction of, of a basic human need. And the basic human need is because I have an individual purpose and everything in my life needs to express an individuality and with an inability to own my basic um, possessions. So then um, my whole, my whole life becomes almost devalued, but possessions aren't obviously the ultimate form of acquisition as we're about to discover. Let's go to a, a Mishnah. There's a Mishnah in Pirka Avot, which says the following thing. It's quite a, quite a jarring thing when you read it. It's in Pergimel Mishnah Chet. Comes along Rabbi Dustai, Rabbi Yanai, and he says in the name of Mishum Rabbi Meir, Oimer, Kol Hashocheach Davar Echad Mimishnato, a person that forgets even one part of his learning, Ma'alealava Katuv Kiilu Mitchayev Benafsho. The, the verse, in other words, the, the, he's described in the, in the scriptures, described as if a person who has become um, liable for his life, meaning he's, he's, he, he's liable for, I don't want to say that, it's almost as if he's given up his life. because, and it brings a verse to, to prove this, you should protect yourself, Ma'od, a lot. Lest you forget the things that, the, 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 the events that your eyes saw, which is a reference to, to the giving of the Torah. And obviously this is a valid reference to the Torah. So a person that forgets even one piece of Torah, it's as if he's lost his life. The Gemara says, Yachol afilu takfa alav mishnato. This may be true. Is this also true when um, it becomes too much for him to remember and it's not in his choice. He just forgets it through a, through a um, circumstances beyond his control. The, the Torah says, lest you literally remove it from your heart. He's only liable for this loss of life when he removes them from, his, from himself. So what is this all about? Now, what's wrong with forgetting? Why is forgetting looked upon with such severity? What's the big deal? Um, so now, let's go back to this idea of ownership. And really, it, it, it reads into what we're talking about now um, is what we need to focus on and experience. And that is ownership over the most fundamental thing that I have, which is my life. And the present situation that we're in is putting us in a direction where because community life has literally been suspended, all that remains is the individual. And how I function as an individual is now 
a description of the ownership I have over my life. And if I malfunction in this new crazy scenario as an individual, it's indicative that there's so much room for me to grow, grow in terms of how much of my life belongs to me. Let, let me expand upon this and we'll go back to the mission and see if we can weave it together. When we're in a external infrastructure system um, and I wake up in the morning and I need to go to my job because I need to, I need to make a living to support my kids and I need to, and I need to do this and I need to, um, I need to, I need to work out because it, it, that's what's going to make me healthy and I need to, there's a kind of a whole list of needs too. And it, every person in that situation has got a different list and a different kind of program that's drawn up for him. And that program that's drawn up for him, when we're in it, seems inevitable. Um, in the Jewish sense, in the community sense, I have to wake up in the morning, I have to daven in a minion. And if I'm davening in a minion, there's a lot of, uh, accessory things which are going to be accompanying. It's going to be a, a particular pace, a certain feel, um, a vibe to the minion that I'm also going to be imbibing. I have to make um, brochas in a certain way. I have to organize my meals to fit in with my work day. I have to do work in a particular way. And there's enormous amounts of structure in our lives generally. Definitely the more advanced we become and the more you know, responsibilities get put onto our shoulders, the more those, that structure tightens up and tightens up and tightens up. Now, that, that's obviously, there's an element of responsibility, but there's also an element of perhaps at some point in time, the, the structure starts to control me and I stop controlling the structure. And one, once the structure starts to control me, that's when I lose my individuality. I lose the ownership of my life. And this is when cultural scripts become the things that dominate my life. And instead of me sitting there and saying, well, what should I do? How should I live my life? How should I choose to, from the most basic thing is, how should I choose to wake up and when I should choose to wake up? And how should I figure out what I want to do in my day? And when should I do this? And when should I do that? Everything is scripted. And the more detailed that script is, and the more um, pervasive that script is in my life, the less of me that remains. And the the modern script is a very, very powerful script. The, the Western world's modern script has got a very, very powerful and tight message. And the, and the message, you know, we've discussed many times before, has a very, very defined um, kind of, it's got a defined way of playing out. Go to primary school, secondary school, get tertiary education, enter into the workplace and become financially stable so that you can support yourself and your family so you can send them to school so that they can go to primary, secondary, tertiary school so that they can get an education so they can support their family so they can send them to school so they can get a primary, secondary, tertiary education so that they can get enough money to support their family. Boom, 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 boom. And the cycle goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And as the modern world evolves, the cycle becomes more pervasive, more invasive in terms of my life and, um, with the advent of technology, there's barely a spare moment, even in the privacy of my home. I've got WhatsApps coming through about this business, that business, and my life becomes engulfed by everything which is not me. It's everything which has been scripted. And it could be that I, the I, the ownership of self has become completely, completely wrested from my grip, 
and it's been given over to society. Society's taken over, and I remain as an absolute um, pawn to a, a script that was written by people who are not my script writers, and I'm reading that script every day of my life. And then all of a sudden, this event occurs, and I'm at home, and there's nowhere for me to go, and very often there's nothing for me to do, and I have to think, what about me in my life is mine? And it could be there's a lot of my life that is mine. It could be there's a lot of my life which is not mine. But I now have to own things. And what is an ownership based on? So ultimately, the ownership has to be based on something which is not a cultural script. It has to come from deep inside of myself. And what we started speaking about yesterday is the thing which is the deepest part of who I am is my mission in this world. And that defines my direction. And that mission is a composite of understanding my strengths, talents, who I am, understanding my context, where I am, and understanding my resources, what I can do. And only through that accumulation of deep insight, of recognizing my talents, being aware of my resources, being conscious of my context, can I now start to develop the sense of ownership of I'm in this world, I'm in this life, and I've got to do something. And what I've got to do is relevant to me. And it's only me in this world that can do it. And I have to own my life. Now, one of the ways of developing ownership of our own lives is through gaining spiritual insight. Without spiritual insight, it's very difficult to be able to make head or tails of the extremely confusing world that surrounds us. Spiritual insight for us as a people for the last 3,000 years has come through the study of Torah. Through studying Torah, we gain a deeper understanding of what the world is really about. And as we know, the Torah is not an arbitrary theology that's superimposed upon a pre-existing universe. The way that we grasp Torah is not a religion, but a, uh, a description. Torah articulates the universe at its deepest level. And by implication, Torah articulates me at my deepest version, my deepest level. And therefore, the study of Torah is not about the engaging in some kind of extraneous knowledge that it would be very helpful for me to internalize. But it's more about revealing the inner core of what I'm all about. And it's essentially a study of self more than a study of the other or study of the universe. And that's in, in many of the works, the Nefesh Achaim introduces his, his work by saying the majority of the Zorah Kodesh, which is the, the Kabbalistic, the primary Kabbalistic work, revolves around understanding the depth and the power of the human being. Because the human being sits at the center of the universe and the entire thing revolves around him. It's an interesting analogy I just um, read yesterday. There's a, there's a man who's trying to occupy his daughter and um, she's kind of annoying him. So he thinks of a way that he can just kind of get her to be busy for, for half an hour. So you've got a map of the world and a piece of paper um, from a magazine and he takes the map of the world and he tears it up into little pieces 
and he gives her the map and he, he says, put it back together again and come back to me when you're finished. And she comes back like a few minutes later and he says, wow, that's amazing. How did you manage to do that so quickly? And she turned over the page and she said, because on the other side, there's a picture of a man. And they just put the man together and then the world was automatically in its right place. Now that's a very powerful, powerful message about the idea of the way we fix up the world is we fix up ourselves. And if we have a world that's fallen apart, the way you put it together is not about putting the world together, it's about putting ourselves together. So it's about getting in touch with who we are. How do we get in touch with who we are? So the study of Torah forms the primary component of self-knowledge. In terms of understanding, for example, the basic relationship between the different and disparate needs and pulls that we have. One of the most confusing things about being a human being is our, uh, our, our tendency towards complete and total inconsistency. In one context, we can be like completely kind and in a different context, utterly cruel. Sometimes we are very powerful and restrained and other times we're just completely out of control. So this confusing nature of who we are is explored in the Torah and given us a anatomy of what we look like and what the different components of ourselves are, that gives us insight into how to access and implement. And therefore, when we're talking about Torah, what we're talking about is actually gaining ownership over our lives. So let's go back to that Mishnah. What does the Mishnah say? The Mishnah says, when you forget one word of Torah, it's like you've lost your life. Now let's think about what Torah is. Torah is life. It's an articulation of what's going on on the deepest level. And sometimes, it's direct and sometimes it's much, much, much um, more distant. It's much, much further away from the particularities. And of course, there's many areas of Torah which upon first read seem completely irrelevant to the particularities of my own life and mission. But that's, that's just because the whole system is built with so many different parts, branches, and, and subsections that, you know, if, we, if we're focusing on one subsection, we don't necessarily have the ability to trace it all the way back to its primary branch and find out it's relevant. But it's all there and all works. But when you forget one thing, and this is the power of, of, of Torah, when you, when you forget one thing of Torah, it's like you've lost your, yourself because you've, you've, you've kind of neglected uh, a piece of who you are. So it's not a, it's not a punishment that like you're a bad boy for forgetting Torah. No, the Torah is not about punishing. It's about cause and effect. That if you lose a piece of a vital part of yourself, so then that part is lost, and there's a part of yourself which is lost. So in this missionary, Rebuchan points out, is the power of self-ownership. And the power of self-ownership means we have to take responsibility for our lives in the face of the societal script, and not bow down to social pressure just because everyone else is doing it. And of course, there are certain realities and there's certain um, mechanisms that have to be in place. A person has to, have a, has to have a job. A person has to be able to provide for their family. But the, the script is not nearly, nearly, nearly as tight as we imagine it. And I think the world's realizing it. You know, people would previously say, we have to have sports events. And we say, no, you don't. Well, we have to have restaurants open. Well, no, you actually don't. Well, we have to have, um, we have, to have times that we can go party. You have to, no, you actually don't need all that stuff. And that's just part of the script. And all of a sudden, we're suddenly starting to realize that there's so many parts of the script which don't need to be there. 
And what happens when you put those parts in the script? Do you know what gets lost? I get lost. I get lost. It's not me. It's not me anymore. And the tragedy is that we've got a generation of people who have been reading a script that was never written for them. And they're all reading that same script. And they're all going through that same process. And they're all getting those same kind of jobs. And they're all duplicating the same kind of fashion. We have to regain our individuality. We have to reclaim ourselves. And now we'll be given the golden opportunity where the noise has stopped and the static has gone. And now we can say, okay, who am I? Who am I? And the answer to the question may be, I don't know. I don't know. So the next step is, well, let me find out. And combined with introspection, there needs to be a study of the wisdom that reveals the nature of self. Practically speaking, there are, many, there are many books, primarily the Musa books, focus on this particularly. And any Musa book you pick up is going to be describing in accurate terms the nature and the dynamic of self. Uh, in the words of Hasidus, the, the Sefer Tanya makes that the, the primary goal of his book is to describe this, 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 this mystery of human existence and how all the different parts slot together. The Masilis Tushayim, from a very different perspective, approaches it. Um, you know, the modern and contemporary Musa Sarim, like Ravolbin Aleshur, he has a whole section called Da'asat's Mainu, which is probably something that we could look into, knowing ourselves. He's actually got an entire section devoted to how do you get to know yourself? Who am I? What is this mystery called me? And I think that's really, you know, obviously it's not a, it's not a short-term job and it's, it's, it's always beginning, never ending. But what a tragedy it would be if we live and die and the only script we've ever read from and performed is one that was never written for us. And now we're given an opportunity to, to own our lives. And ownership and Kenyan, ownership is a basic need because that describes me that I have in this world a unique purpose, a unique contribution to make that no one else can do. How in the world am I going to find that when I'm spending my life reading the script that wasn't written for me? So I think that's a very, very pertinent idea specifically in our current situation where we've been given the privilege of time and space to actually think about how to carve out the statue of my day. And there's no one else prescribing it to me. And therefore I've got absolute freedom of choice. And in that world, I can start to discover myself and see what is and what isn't, what sticks, what doesn't stick. So that, I think, is a very powerful idea from Mibiruchim about the idea of a shechech, davar echad mimishnasoi, and Mibiruchim puts that all together with the idea of a, a kinyan, of ownership. It's all about ownership. And ownership is all about actually having a life that I can claim to be my own. And I suppose the, the, the opposite side of this is where my life has been stolen. It's been stolen away from me. And um, I suppose that's the ultimate theft. So I think there's something for us to, to, to consider and, 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 and ponder. And I'll unmute you. And or you can unmute yourselves if you want to ask a question. Anyone? Yeah. So where does the, we're focusing a lot on the individual, but where does the, the cloud fit in here that I'm actually supposed to be a giver in this life and care about other people? Right, right. That's a great question. This is like a very selfish, a, a person could get just caught up in themselves their whole life. 
Yes, which is, which is a year. That, that's a real danger. So um, let, let's go back to our, our torn up world. When you put the pieces of the person together, you start to recognize that the, the, the person, when properly assembled, seeks to contribute to the community in the way that's, that's giving. But until I'm, until I'm properly assembled, so then it's very hard for me to, I can't, I can't I, in other words, like this, I have to play a role in the community. Well, what role? Am I, am I a head? Am I an auxiliary? Think about it of a machine. Uh, or think about it in a body. Am I the hand? Am I the head? Am I the eye? Am I the mouth? If you don't know yourself, so you can't even begin the process of contributing to the community. If you're just going to do something random, who says that's you? But you're 100% right that if you just always focus on only yourself, so then, so then you never get, then, then you are, you are you kind of, you have to think about so it's fixing yourself so that you can be better, correct. more productive part of society. It's contribution. You have to make a difference for sure. Scratch. Okay. Any other questions? Before we uh, say bye. No, Rov. Hello. Hello. How do we do this? Like we buy ourselves now, right? And like, we said we need to like try and understand who we are and stuff like that, but like that's not. But like, how do we? How do we like? How do we get to do? Like, okay, I'll, do I'll give you a practical exercise to do. Okay, I want you to take a piece of paper. On the piece of paper, write down all your good traits, everything you are. Okay, and then write them. Write put me in the middle, and then write all your good traits around in a circle. And then you're only allowed to keep three in an inner circle. So you're going to draw an inner circle and only three can be left in that inner circle. And then from those three in that inner circle, try to figure out if you would bring out those three strengths to the nth degree, where would they lead you in terms of an action plan? Step number one. Step number two, which is obviously a much more um, long-term step, is try to think in terms of if you could ask Hashem, if you could ask Hashem, now that I've isolated my strengths, what would you do with them? So then what would Hashem answer you? And that could require a lot of study, but at least you have a focus of study. Good? Thank you. Beautiful. Okay, any other questions, thoughts? Uh, Rabbi Siegel, may I ask a question? Sure, go for it. Okay, uh, I'm very interested in this idea that the Rav presented about the puzzle that one side is a man and the other side is the world. What's the source for that idea? Um, the source is a article that someone sent me yesterday. I, 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 can, I can look it up. I've forgotten where it was written. Okay, thank you. Okay. Um, yeah. Anything else? Anyone else? Okay, Jen. So, thank you so much for coming. Thanks, Thanks Rolf. And uh, look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Thank you, Rolf. Thank you, Rolf. Thanks, Rolf. Thank you, Rolf. Thank you, Rolf. Thank you, Rolf.